Welcome back to the Quiet Onset podcast powered by Cinnamon. I'm Ewan Graf, and as always, I'm joined by Lachlan Teeley. Hello, welcome back. Today's episode, we have a number of things. Let's get straight into it. Fall festival trailers ranging from Sam Mendes' Empire of Light all the way to Noah Bombach's uh, White Noise. Then we're also taking a look at Disney's Pinocchio, Netflix's Slumberland with Jason Momoa, and A24's The Inspection. And I got some quick thoughts on a few new releases like Funny Pages, uh, Samaritan, Beast, Me Time, and I Love My Dad. And finally, today's episode's Star Child, not Star Child, but you know, you know, superstar. Well, not really a star, but like a. a, a <laughs> A ranger. Uh, anyway, uh, today's topic is Lightyear. So let's cue up the intro and get into the show. We are professionals. This is, this is a professional podcast. Yeah. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Hello there. <laughs> Which actually, did you this get is gonna me a hat a as bit... well? Um, yes. So I've got Dune Cam. <laughs> it's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune steelbook. All right, welcome back, Lachlan, uh, for the last time. Fuck, for... I'm so hungover. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it's all good. It's uh, all good. I know I'm meant to be professional, but yeah. like, I'm so sorry. I had to push back the recording because I'm <laughs> too tired. And I'm like, I'm trying to save all my energy all day. Yeah. Here I am. That's what uh, saving all your energy <laughs> looks like. It's just a husk of his being just trying to perform for about an hour for you guys. <sighs> so appreciate it. Hit that like button and subscribe. But uh, yeah, uh, I've I've also been up uh, since early this morning um, because uh, I'm about to head out to Venice for the film festival. Really excited. You got to book your tickets at 7 a.m. in the morning. And usually uh, it doesn't really work. So you get into a queue. It puts you there for like half an hour, an hour or whatever. You book your ticket and then it kicks you out of the system and you got to go back into the queue. And by the end of this process, I don't know if I, I have any tickets. <laughs> but uh, I mean, for a few of the, uh, the trailers that we're taking a look at from the fall film festivals, I did get uh, tickets. But um, yeah, hopefully there will be some full coverage coming from that festival. But that also means because I'll be very busy at that festival, uh, we won't be doing uh, new episodes of this show for the next two weeks. So we are on a bit of a break. Definitely check out uh, the Ewan Graf um, YouTube channel. We'll link it here. My suggestion was I just talk for an hour, which is just the Ewan Graf podcast, but <laughs> with me instead. So I mean, if it's the quiet and set version of, of, of me, then it would definitely just be an hour of talking. Yeah. Lachlan, uh, what do you say? Let's let's uh, take a look at those traders, actually. Let's jump straight into it. If you want to skip around to anything specific that interests you, a uh, specific trailer or whatever, time codes are as always linked below and uh, let's kick it off not with the traders uh, but first up we got quick news as always the quick news from the quick news segment and uh, there's three news items in the quick news segment first up we got uh, yet another delay from the Warner Bros DC front with Aquaman 2 and Shazam 2 being delayed into 2023 I don't know if we'll ever see them there was also the announcement that Disney is working on a Disney Plus King Kong series produced by James Wan. And finally, House of the Dragon is already renewed for a season two after a staggering 20 million US streaming opening with the first episode alone. So that's, wow. yeah, quick news. Any thoughts, Lachlan? Must have been a good first episode then. I really don't want Warner Bros. to pop into our news segment each week with some stupid new announcement. But uh, at least there was also some talks about the, the new 10-year plan that Warner Discovery has for DC and apparently Matt Reeves and the Batman is an integral part of that. He'll be producing a bunch of shows on HBO, at least that's the current status. So that's promising. I think the Batman is one of the the better things that has come out uh, of uh, Warner Brothers and DC uh, in the last couple of years. Matt Reeves is just the Zack Snyder 2.0. <laughs> that DC's gambling on. That's all it is. I yeah. feel bad for Matt Reeves. I mean, I don't. He's getting paid, so good for him. Matt Reeves' cut of the Batman is just like a Baby Driver extended chase scene between Batman and the <sighs> Penguin that you thought was already drawn oh. out. <laughs> That's I'd what he'll be I'd getting. Pay to, I'd pay to see that. Uh, yeah. I'd, no, I'd pay to see a <laughs> You would, cut. yeah. I mean, I mean, you just thought the end of it was goofy, right? That when, when he's flipped and whatever, but the chase itself was really sick. Uh, but... 
Hmm. Lachlan, I think that's it with quick news. And let's head over to the traders. And uh, this week, uh, we'll be looking at a whole bunch of traders. And we'll break it down by first going over some of the traders for films that are premiering at the fall festivals later this year. And then we'll take a look at some other traders. Um, just regular streaming movies. Boring, right? Not premiering at any festivals. But first up, we got uh, Sam Mendes' new film, uh, Empire of Light, that's premiering uh, at the Toronto International Film Festival and hits theaters in December. Uh, it stars Olivia Coleman, uh, Michael Ward, and Toby Jones. And it seems to be a film about film, uh, if I got that right. Yes, definitely a film about light, or I guess the capturing of light onto film. Uh, gave me some cinema paradiso vibes. What did you make of the trailer, Ducklin? Uh, I wouldn't say it's about cinema. I would say it's definitely one of the aspects to it, but yeah. I felt like it was more of a, uh, I guess psychological evaluation of Olivia Coleman, like every single one of her roles. <laughs> How can did. she get another uh, Oscar no, nomination? She's, man, <laughs> She'll just get in. Face, she's man, the new perfect. Meryl Streep. She'll just get in. She is. Yeah. The the relationship between, I guess, Olivia Coleman's character and I believe it's Michael Ward's character, mm -hmm. uh, obviously there's some sort of relationship going on between the two. And then you have there, I guess, the, the world of cinema and how mm. it can possibly bring people together. Um, but no, uh, yeah. it, it, it's Sam Mendes, and I'm pretty sure... Hang on. We've got to fact check this yeah, really fact quickly. Check, fact check real quick. Uh, fact, doing a quick fact check here fact on check. the Quiet On Said podcast live. live. Just going to the yes. IMDB page of second. this movie. Uh, also, Colin Firth is in the movie as well, which is a very he exciting is. thing because he's yeah. absolutely excellent. Um, uh, just double checking. Yes, I did believe so. I did. I had to double check because I wanted to make sure. Uh, Roger Deakins uh, means this movie is going to look <laughs> fucking spectacular uh, yes. visually. Uh, so no, yeah, I, I'm very, very excited for this. And it was a great trailer. It was, uh, yeah. With Toby Jones's like narration over the top, explaining mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff. And it like, I'm going to say this for the next one, two, three, four, five trailers. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the best line of trailers I've ever reviewed on right. the podcast. Yes. For the, yes. Next, for the next five. Agreed. I'm just going to bring that up right now. And especially right? in the cinematography. Five of the best trailers I've seen. It's, yes. And the mm. pacing for it, not telling uh, too much of the story, but it is that, I guess, more artsy. Uh, I guess it is feels like this season is a bit more of the like uh cinephile uh art house like we we don't have a scorsese that maybe would like blow some things away like you there would be a lesser focus of hit what is it called flowers of the killer no, i'm getting the title killer moon. killer moon yeah the the new scorsese film would be here of or if we already got uh a trailer for spielberg's uh new film as well uh, the fablemans um or maybe even uh i guess uh damien chazelle with his new film but uh i mean we still got like big uh directors here but the not uh, not something that uh you would kind of be a trademark for Spielberg to have like that Spielberg look or Damien mm. Chazelle's fluidity and and stuff like that yeah like you, you you're not seeing that yet uh so it, it's great to have like a a range of really interesting traders and um, I'm keen for Empire of Light uh, unfortunately I won't be catching it because it's not premiering over at Venice um but the next film is uh, Athena, uh, Athena. I'm not entirely sure. It's uh, a French film uh, coming to Netflix on September 23rd and uh, gave me some modern Lemis vibes. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like at some point they break out into song. But that whole trailer radiated such so much uh, like immediate uh, energy that had to be released. And even though mm. we didn't really get a feel of what the story is going to be like, it feels just like a big riot. It was super captivating from start to finish. Uh, you talked about how the visuals and all these trailers were absolutely insane. Mm. But I have to say that the audio from this trailer, the the whoos and the haas yeah. in the background really brought that energy up. And uh, it's a bit of a side side story that I'm about to tell, but there was a few years ago, I was at a, uh, is either the, I don't think it was the museum, but I'm pretty sure it was the art gallery, one of the two. Mm -hmm. And there was an exhibition on where they had three projectors and it was 
uh, set in Japan, so a little bit different, but yep. it was a riot. Uh, well, not like a riot, but like a crowd yelling at police, dragging this person out. And it, in my opinion, was one of the most captivating things I've ever seen. And I've been waiting yeah. for something like that in cinema, mm. like an actual film that can do the same thing. And this is the closest thing I think I'm going to get to that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was so, again, no idea what the story is. Mm. And it's the same with Empire of Light. Don't have a total understanding of the story, what the story is, but it has brought me to this point where I'm like, I need to know what this movie is. Yeah. I want to know what it is. I want to see it. I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see it. And I think it's on Netflix as well. So yeah, even Netflix. better. Yeah. And I think story wise, it is probably partly about police brutality because uh, the younger sibling mm. of the, the seemingly lead character uh, was killed, I assume by police, mm. but I think it's definitely not going to be just that. It, it's definitely going to be, go beyond. I think French films that this, I've, I've seen a couple of French films that have that like riot energy and that just, you know, the masses just have that uproar and want to do something against the, the, the state in a sense, like uh, population versus police is, is something that I've seen in recent years quite a bit. But uh, this one just kind of stood out with uh, with just the energy it had. And I, yeah, it, it looks great. Lachlan, let's move on to the next trailer, Tar, also premiering over at Venice. And it's one of the films that I already have a ticket secured for. It's a free hour long pure art house film uh, starring Kate Blanchett as a conductor. Yeah, Lachlan, what did you make of the trailer? We, we don't get much, right? It, it's really just... So much about the visual storytelling that tells you, hey, this is this is something where where we do something, and it's not just a linear plot that we can tell the story mm. in a trailer, but it's more about the person itself. It's really a character study, and you get that immediate feeling yeah. right off the trailer, right? You say it perfectly. It's pure art house. Yeah, it's, it's all that trailer yep. was. It was just three oh, hour longs as well. Complete right hook to what the other two trailers were trying to actually probably tell a linear story. Uh, this was just Kate Blanchett, who is phenomenal by the way, uh, yeah. obviously going to go be going hard at this role. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. And I've heard a lot of good things about Todd field, the director yeah. of this, uh, film, uh, I haven't seen any of his it, other films yet, but he, he <laughs> seemed like, uh, quite capable yeah yeah and i was surprised it wasn't actually done by a french person i thought it was going to be a french <laughs> film but yeah uh, like a french director but no it's an american doing art house so <laughs> yeah no uh, the, again visually stunning uh very interesting concept that it's a musician who is writing this symphony and mm -hmm. i guess that two hours is going to be her writing the symphony and coming to it and yeah what that would do on a person. And again, I, I like films that study artistic creation because it's, mm -hmm. I guess in the, the rest of the world, the office job world, you know, art jobs aren't as considered stressful as you mm. would consider like a d office job. So yeah. I said that terribly. Just remember, I'm hungover, so my words aren't coming. Why say more words when less words do trick? Yes, um, you can you can reverse yeah, classic office saying tar and say it's uh, uh, no wait rat. <laughs> you can just turn around tar, and then it's rat. It's just like the T is very soft. It's a, <laughs> I'm not gonna leave that in. <laughs> so no, no, I want you to keep going with this. Oh, see where it's going. No, 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 no. I'm just gonna keep mm -hmm. in a bunch okay. of static. White noise, and that's the next oh, one yeah, we'll talk about. Oh, yeah, your favorite, favorite yeah. director, Noah Bombach. It, it, Noah he Bombach. Act, actually is one of my favorite directors. I even got yeah, the, the audiobook for White Noise, and I made it about five minutes in. Mm. I don't know if I'll sneak it in because it's quite a, a long audiobook. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with those, but I'm trying to get that story in because apparently this novel that he's adapting with White Noise is... Uh, something that has famously been called like an unadaptable um, novel and he's doing it oh, and wow. it looks it looks odd I think we uh, cleverly get just a few um, moments that show a bit of uh, show off a bit of the, the comedic energy 
that this movie is going or the tonally where this movie is going to reside in but not going for crazy and i can just kind of see that noah Baumbach uh, is great at navigating that space and um at the center of it all we got adam driver and greta gervik in the leading roles and another trailer that just oh, just from the editing and the cinematography alone i know this is going to be uh, hopefully one of my year's top ranking films uh, if the story can uh, live up to to that quality as well but uh, yeah Lachlan what did mm. you make of White Noise? Yeah it was weird but I liked it and I like <laughs> mm -hmm. weird movies uh, yeah it was in my opinion weirder than Tar it, yeah and Tar's trailer was Agreed. pretty weird mm -hmm. uh, White Noise was just that little bit weirder I didn't know about the book being unadaptable very interesting thing and that gets me yeah. quite curious on how this film will turn out yeah anyways uh white noise will be uh playing it's, it's the opening film in in venice and will be playing at the bfi at london film festival and the new york film festival if that's somewhere close to you maybe worth checking out but uh just noting here that in venice uh that's the first one. That's the one I'm going to. And I also got a ticket. I'm quite excited for that. That's the two films. That, I want to let films. everyone know as well. Yes. That I'm not going to Venice. Yeah. And I, I wanted to let everyone know that, that I am going. The main reason is obviously flights out of Australia yes. are the most expensive thing. It would be cheaper for literally for me to build a boat and like like i'm talking like a pirate ship size boat and sail yeah that's how much cheaper it is uh yeah mm. you couldn't make it this uh time i mean for me it was also very last minute that i did go that i did get in mm. i actually was accredited and it is so crazy expensive to find a place especially last minute because they crank those prices up right as the festival happens but i did manage to get a place really close to the theaters. So hopefully I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get to do a bunch of coverage there. So again, quick shout out to, to my own things, place it in here. Um, but there's another film uh, that's also playing in Venice that I, I didn't get a ticket for. Maybe I'll, I will, uh, but it, it kind of already sold out when I got to it. And that's for Living. That's the UK remake of uh, Akira Kurosawa's Ikiru, which if you have seen our recent uh, Four Favorites episodes episode, uh, that was one of my Four Favorites. Uh, the Japanese original version, that is. And I'm quite skeptical towards living because I don't think that that brilliant masterpiece needs to be remade. Uh, but it stars Bill Nye and is releasing on Christmas and uh, premiered already at Sundance. Um, didn't get like a, a huge hype or a lot of coverage and is now playing in Venice and TIFF. So, Lachlan, what did you make of living? Well, I've seen neither living or uh, Ikaru. What is it, Ikiru? Ikiru. 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 Uh, I've never, I've seen neither. Yeah. So maybe I'll like Living more than I like the original, because uh, I'm going to watch it in that order just to piss you off. Yeah, you're one uh, of those people who's like, yeah, the Karate Kid, right? Do you like Karate Kid with Jaden Smith? Yeah. I love the Karate Kid with Jaden Smith. Yeah. I love the uh, remake of Old Boy. I am a <laughs> massive fan of yeah. what? What's so funny? No, nothing. Yeah. I am. Mm -hmm. I love the new Lion King. It's amazing. Yeah, that. that or the 17 excellent. Pinocchio films coming out in 2022. They look great too. But yeah, actually, I wasn't meant to do this tie over, but that ties us over to the next trailer, which is for. Uh, Pinocchio uh, from Robert Zemeckis over on Disney Plus. Uh, it's coming to Disney Plus quite soon on the Disney Plus Day. Get excited, kids! On September 8th. Wow, and Plus stars uh, Tom Hanks. And uh, yeah, Logan, I want to get your thoughts first before I, I drift into a monologue again. What did you make of this uh, first real trailer for Pinocchio? Okay. This is where the trailer started going downhill. <laughs> I didn't think the trailer was terrible, yeah. mm -hmm. but it definitely went downhill much, far, much faster than Living. Um, living yes. wasn't too bad, but oh, like no. Living wasn't as good as the rest of them, but like mm. Pinocchio was a massive drop in quality. Yeah. Fucking cowards for not using a real puppet. Cowards. Yeah, cowards. It's also funny to me that was? Uh, all of the character designs seemed like they were dragging different uh, just items. The way that like mm. the fur fur creatures looked was so photoreal, but then Pinocchio is really cartoony, and then the cricket is mm. is like a blend between the two, so it's not super realistic, but it's it's way different than the furry creatures. So it was like the fish, all super of super unrealistic. 
Yeah. Yeah, the fish was the worst. No, uh, and the, the Tom Hanks. Oh, Tom Hanks. I thought he had COVID. Terrible. Why, why does he? I thought he had still COVID. What's this? I, I thought, thought he was, was going to play be played by his son Chad Hanks and see still him in the film. I, I thought I thought that this Geppetto is going to be Jamaican and it's going to be played by Chad Hanks. And to me, it was just a bit of a mess. Uh, this trailer and I think Robert Zemeckis really uh, thrives in that just crazy visual just throw everything onto the uh. wall and see what sticks and it's just goofy and whatever and, and it didn't work for me at all in this trailer uh so so yeah we'll see also that whale the i know whale. the whale has to be like huge yeah eventually they're going inside the whale but uh that whale was the fucking kraken dude that was that that was a big old big whale. whale yeah it was a big old I, whale. i don't know like that's a big old whale. i just mm. want to point out because i just saw that video of that whale. i don't know if you saw that but the the the, the uh killer whale killer whale right the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah the black and white ones yeah the black white the zebras yeah. of the sea uh <laughs> there were, i just saw a picture yeah. of that whale like coming out of the water mm. and it was a male whale and you can see where i'm going with this one mm. Hopefully we'll get the same shot in Pinocchio and see if it's a male <laughs> whale. We'll just have to catch him lying, that whale. I mean, it's a sperm whale, right? <laughs> sperm whale. <laughs> I, I love how we went from Disney to sperm whales real quick. <laughs> Connection <sighs> is there. there really quickly. Yeah, uh, but but I mean, we don't have to wait for it too much longer. Uh, we'll share some thoughts. Uh, I'll probably have a review out for that, a separate one. Yeah, while I'm in Venice, uh, because I think I do have screeners for it. Yeah, so I'll be catching that. Uh, but uh, because we are off two weeks, you'll have to decide for yourselves if you want to check out Pinocchio on September 8th. Oh my God, today is David Finch's birthday. It is? How old is he? Wait, let's guess. He's, He's 60. Six, I would have guessed 57. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, well, you probably was, you probably going to guess 52. And no. then I said 60 and you increased your I number. Was, no, you I was, no, I was about cheat. to say, I, uh, okay. I've never seen it before. How about Jack Black? It's also, it's also Jack Black's birthday. Uh, uh, Jack Black is 57. I'm going to stick with my number. Ah, he's 53. Ah, uh, like... he's younger. Okay. Oh, and it's Army Hammer's birthday as well. He's canceled. Yeah, <laughs> to me it's really this is off topic, off topic, but it's also play, uh, playing at Venice. So it's kind of a tying, but it's really funny to me that the next film that Luca Guadagnino is doing with Timothy Chalamet, when in, like not considering to do a Call Me by Your Name sequel because of cancelled Army Hammer, is a film mm. about cannibals, and it's kind of funny with those like nice. allegations that have come forward that he's yeah. maybe kind of into that. But uh, but yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, we got a new A24 film, so I'm always keen, and that's for The Inspection. Uh, that's kind of still a film that's in the fall festival, but then I, I realized that just about a couple of minutes ago. It's playing at TIFF and at the New York Film Festival and comes out in regular theaters for us plebs in, uh, on November 18th. And is about a gay marine and some army stuff, uh, and maybe some racist class struggle and the queer experience. Uh, queer experience. Um, that's that's just got what I got from it. But it had that really strong, just like army strong. I need to have purpose, so I go to the army, which is mm. like a huge turnoff for me for a film, just because I'm, you know, not all about that. Uh, really anti army and military stuff, but. Uh, yeah, this is apparently based on true events uh, of the director uh, himself. Uh, he's 43, so um, yeah, about his struggle probably as the Iraq-Afghanistan war stuff was happening, I assume. But uh, yeah, this left me a bit perplexed because I usually like A24 and here I thought it seems a bit like generic of a story. Uh, and not really for me, although it's A24, so I'm super conflicted. Lachlan, what, what did you make of the trailer? Yeah, this trailer was fucking trash. Um, just not a very good trailer. Wasn't yeah. really well put together. Couldn't really tell what story it was trying to go for. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I did, but it just seemed a bit mixed matching all over the place. Yeah. It's A24, though. Hopefully it's just, you know, a bad trailer. Can't everyone, not everyone can have a good trailer, but you know, I'm very interested in psychological evaluations of people and going yeah. through boot camp is extremely rough 
We know that from a number of different movies in the past, but mm. also just in real life, we know that there's suicide rates that are massively high and yeah, especially mixing that with uh, queer acceptance in, in the army, mm. especially at a time that obviously I believe this is set a couple years back when it wasn't so accepted yeah, uh, is, is, is quite an interesting story. So um and oh based on true events yeah yeah that's that's what i found interesting because i mean we we have come uh we've we have made progress for lgbtq uh acceptance and uh going beyond tolerance in most like there's still bigotry and all of that in those institutions that's kind of ingrained um there and certain communities that kind of uh, lack with you know making that progress but uh with uh, him being 43 and this being autobiographical I, like I, I don't I don't know like where the huge issue lies in the synopsis it also says mm. that his mother is homophobic and and kicks him out because he's gay and I didn't get that vibe at all from the trailer because she just says like oh yeah you are gay going to the army or like you're so obviously um gay and i thought that that was just her making a comment but apparently that's like there's some Mm. tension there and i didn't feel that tension uh so i i don't don't know i don't know i i'm i I, like i i would love to believe that there's a great story underneath but to me this is like something that we've done uh so many times before where it's like this portraying um the the like queer experience as this tragedy and i think it's it's almost like uh baiting for a response because like you don't you don't need this is a controversial topic but you don't need to always have uh like this this is same with with like the this the slavery thing um making slavery films uh that is then appealing to like uh i don't know what <laughs> gotta reiterate that to to like uh the the more art house um art house uh i guess film goers or like the academy because it, it feels like it's saying something but uh just making movies it, it doesn't always need to be a statement and like this this tragic bait and there's there's a couple more films coming up this year i think there's one called till that also feels like that uh but with it being a24 they'll hopefully have a bit of um um a bit of a bit of uh, more control on, on that that it's uh yeah more in a like a a character piece and then it doesn't matter if it's like the character is interesting enough and then um Lachlan, lastly uh, let's look at another netflix film and that is for slumberland uh with jason momoa and comes from the hunger games and i am legend director francis lawrence and it's based on the novel Little Nemo uh, in Slumberland by Winsor McKay. And that's coming to Netflix November 18th. Really sweet little story uh, that obviously reminds a bit of Alice in Wonderland, uh, that type of fantasy stuff, the dreaming. Uh, <laughs> immediately made me want to jump to uh, jump back into the Sandman. I don't know. For some reason, I got that mm. vibe as well. An alternate version of uh, Morpheus. But what did you make of Slumberland? Cringy boring and i know it's not for me so i have no opinion that's positive for Sumberland. it can just what? move on oh my god yeah i thought that uh this was more of a, like a, a darker tale because i didn't know what the original mm. story was but it seems like it's more of a uh you know towing that line of being a kids movie but also introducing just having a, a like darker color scale just dimming it down a bit and just everything is kind of a bit more gloomy uh but other than that a really uh, uplifting um energetic story so it's it's less for me as well i agree uh but uh, it's just get we just get probably two hours of an uh charismatic jason momoa at the center of it all but that's that coming yeah. to uh netflix on november 18th and let's move on to what we've been watching Lachlan, you want to kick it off with what you've been watching? I I haven't watched much, if I'm totally honest with you. Uh, not because I've been hungover every day. It's just that I've been a busy bee and I didn't want to watch anything this week. Mm-hmm. Kind of odd if for me. It's just one of those moods. But I did watch the first episode of a docu-series mm-hmm. on Disney Plus called Light and Magic. Yeah. Ewan. Have you seen it? No, but I've heard some great things about it, and I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. 
Is it is it oh, worth checking out? This is, this Can you is, recommend it? Oh fuck! This is a first. No, hang on, hang it's on. Not a first. Soak it's this in a little a bit. Usually you see, before. usually you see everything, and I have to yeah. be like, oh yes. What are your thoughts? Now mm-hmm. I get to have the stage. This is excellent. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. So far, I mean, I've only watched the first episode, and mm-hmm. that is perfectly okay. Yeah. Uh, to say that it's the best thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> better yeah. than Dune. Mm-hmm. Better than better than. The best movie of the year so far, which is really something I can't think of it off the top of my head. No, I'm fucking with you. It's not the best. Movie. Okay, well, because I've heard series. raving reviews for it, uh, actually praising yeah. it in that no, high regard. It's quite good. Yeah. It's quite. It's very good, and yeah. I think it's really well made. And as someone who's quite interested in the creation of movies, mm. man, I had a great time with that first episode. So I'm excited yeah. to continue watching. But uh, I just wanted to say, I, I, I've been playing video games. I'm naughty. I know it's a what? movie podcast, but I play video games. It's okay. It's close And enough. She's like your third cousin. You know, it's okay. <laughs> I, Jesus, I played for the first time ever, uh, finished it, mm. uh, the Batman Arkham, Asi- Arkham Asylum. Game. Arkham Asylum. And Batman yeah. Arkham City is where I'm at now. I'm mm-hmm. playing through all of them and plan on going through... Uh, but I also watched the Batman because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, rewatched the Batman, and it is an excellent film as well. Yeah. Uh, so I've got Batman on my brain. I don't know why. Batman I'm probably not going to go back and watch The Dark Knight. But yeah. Uh, you know, I'm playing the Batman Arkham games, and they're really, really, really fun. And mm. I just wanted to take this moment to express my love for voice actors because I feel like they don't get a lot of love. Yeah. Voice actors are fucking spectacular. They mm. do an incredible job. Oh fuck, his name's now gone for me who does the Joker. Mark um, Hamill. Mark Hamill. Mm. He is excellent with it. And uh yeah. whoever voices Bruce Wayne as well does an excellent job. Oh, you job. mean in the, the Arkham uh, games? I don't know if he voices him in the Arkham games specifically. I'd have to check. No, that. I thought it was Mark Hamill. Fact check. Fact check, quick fact check. Yeah, yeah, no, you are right. He, uh, he, he, he voices uh, the Joker and Scarface. Oh, yeah. really? I'm only about ten or eight to ten hours into Arkham Asylum, and I'm a quite a slow gamer, so I haven't even finished that one. But I, I like I do. Uh, maybe the new listeners or viewers don't know that, but I, mm-hmm. I own a ton of games that uh, I don't get around to playing. He never plays. Still, well, I want to. I want to play that new played up game, that Overcooked thing. Uh, that looks really fun. Mm. I'll get around to it uh, at some point. So, will you be continuing on um, with the rest of the games, or? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've I've recently just started. Yes, I'm probably only about three to four hours into Arkham City, and yeah. uh, I'm enjoying it there. Uh, but this one's a little bit more open, so there's more time. I the, the yeah. Arkham asylum game is quite small and yeah, linear. is is pretty linear yeah and i do enjoy that and the arkham city game is a bit more open and i'm pretty sure arkham knight is the last one and that's very open mm-hmm. uh and i did play a little bit of that game a while ago arkham knight but i never finished it so yeah uh, i wanted to go back and replay the first two games which i never did before mm-hmm. and um yeah that's why i bought an xbox controller Look wow. at me. I'm a real gamer now because yeah. I was using a PlayStation controller on my Yuck. PC. Okay. And that's and that's disgusting. That, I'm a pathetic yeah. human being mm-hmm. who's hungover and is showing off an Xbox controller. But you do own to... a PS5, so you're superior to half of the population. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I do have a PS5. Yeah. Do want... I do not. I won't. For I won't example, I won't, I, won't, I won't go get it. You don't have it. <laughs> you put it onto your stand and it's just like, that would be sad if you <laughs> put it on the fucking... <laughs> Uh, then I'll uh, quickly go over the stuff that uh, I've been watching for some of these, uh, working on reviews, short reviews that will come out on the Young Graph podcast. So I'll keep it short, but I never know if I do get to them. So they do get dimension here. But uh, there's two films that I didn't rewatch, but that are out now. Uh, George Miller's 3,000 Years of Longing. Um, that's a really... <laughs> weird film that uh is the first film he did since uh his uh take on mad max fury wrote and is with idris elba as a jinn and uh, tilda swinton and it's uh basically just a bunch of um anecdotal flashbacks and it's odd in the way that it's it comes together because it goes all over the place tonally in the third act and i'm not i was not super on board with it 
But uh, I think it's going to be definitely quite controversial when um, people uh, get to see it. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are absolutely going to hate it and others are going to praise it for mm. just how weird it is. And then the other film um, I caught early this year at Sundance, uh, it was called 928, I think, if I believe, uh, something like that. It's now been renamed to Breaking. Uh, it stars John Boyega and uh, the late uh, Michael K. Williams. And it's a story about a war veteran who struggles with uh, the healthcare. And uh, it's definitely a political movie. Uh, but it doesn't um, focus its whole thing onto that, but it's really just a uh, great showcase for John Boyega's incredible acting talents and uh, gets the recommendation from me. And then a few films uh, I caught up with that are new releases. Uh, I watched the uh, new A24 film Funny Pages, Misted and Gun. Uh, it's now out on VOD. It's a really weird movie. <laughs> But uh, I think it's it's worth checking out. It gives off a bit of uncut gems energy. Then I watched Samaritan, uh, the <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and Ashtray from uh, Euphoria-led uh, superhero film. That was just, it was terrible. I didn't expect something great, but Amazon Prime has been on a run. Prime Video with The Boys and, and Invincible. Man, they've lost it. <laughs> this, was, this was really bad. Uh, then... Also called Beast, another film with Idris Elba, too, this week, uh, about, uh, I guess, a family going to South Africa and then being chased by a lion. And it's, uh, yeah, a pretty good survival flick, uh, nothing great. It kind of flopped at the box office, but Idris Elba is quite solid in it. Then uh, Me Time over on Netflix with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Hart is the unfunniest film I've seen this year. It's it's so it's so horrible. Uh, and then lastly, I saw I Love My Dad, uh, Patton Oswald as he's uh, catfishing his own son. That's the premise is enough. And it's an interesting film. It's a bit cheesy. It uh, doesn't work the whole way through. But uh, yeah, solid um, mid recommendation for that film. And then, and then lastly, I caught Brother Bear, which was a delight. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. The, the memes were big with the elks. Like, I, I spot a thing that you don't see. Whatever, that that was a big thing. It's really a, a light breeze is over before you know it. And yeah, pretty sweet uh, Disney animation classic from the early 2000s. And I think it was one of the last ones that was uh, before like CG animation really took over. But that's that's all I've been watching, Lachlan. Cool. That's it. So our main topic of the week is the new Pixar film Lightyear that uh, we didn't cover when it was out in theaters. But now that it's uh, been streaming also for a while, we thought that uh, before we or I take off uh, to uh, go over to the Venice Film Festival and we won't be here for the next two weeks, we'll uh, take a look at that film that we missed earlier this year. And uh, Lightyear is about the legendary space ranger Buzz Lightyear as he embarks on an intergalactic adventure alongside a group of ambitious recruits and his robot companion Sox. It comes from Angus MacLean, who uh, previously uh, was a co-director on Finding Dory. Uh, he has worked with the director of Wally and uh, Finding Nemo and Finding Dory before, and he did one of the shorts for Wally. Uh, Burn E, that is quite charming as well. Lightyear hasn't been received too positively, especially really low for a Pixar film. It's a 3.1 on Letterboxd, a 5.8 on IMDb, and only a 60 on Metacritic. It comes in at 105 minutes long and uh, had a budget of about 200 million and it only grossed 218 million total that's uh domestically and internationally so quite a bit of a flop for disney that uh disney and pixar that uh had the last three pixar productions on disney plus as an exclusive without a surcharge so lachlan uh, before we get into spoilers for Lightyear, do you think that Disney has harmed the Pixar brand with um, basically making this a commodity that is free on Disney Plus? Not this one, I guess, but the previous ones. I don't know, if I'm totally honest with you. I feel like the it hasn't killed Pixar's box office. Yeah. I just don't think that we're still at a point where people want to go and 
take their kids to the movies anymore. Really? I, I don't know. There's still like success for like the Croods, even in 2020 when cinemas opened back up. That was a like a long running success and, and it made a lot of money. And then um, Sing 2, I f oh, wait, no, when did Sing 2 come out? That was also recent, right? There, there, were, there were a couple of movies that like were family focused that did quite well. DC Leaks of Super Pets, which is a recent one, didn't but do did, but did too hot. Go, but did they go to streaming then? No, they didn't. I don't think people yeah. want to take their kids to a cinema when they know they can go watch that movie on their iPad and like, Four months. Yeah, that is true. I mean, the the immediacy isn't there for 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 family films because I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. It's kind of like that's that's fair. People so people don't want to take their kids to the cinema, go through that entire thing for them yeah. just to be like, oh, it's come out on Disney Plus and you can watch on your iPad in two weeks. But that's also because these new films are directly available. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's definitely not a correct, uh, like a, a uh, direct correlation. And it's, it's I guess it's more opinion based, but I guess you, you think it's more about um, like not wanting to go to the theater when you know something's coming out soon. Um, yeah. I, I also don't know. think this movie had an excellent, um, uh, an excellent marketing, uh, right? Marketing. Yes. There was like nothing on this film. Well, it also goes into the premise. Like, what are you? Does this actually make sense to have this uh, Toy Story connective tissue that's kind of a prequel, kind of a spin off, kind of in the same universe, but also not really? I, it gets really confusing what this movie is actually based on if it's like about the action this figure. This movie. It's, 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 it's the, the convoluted. The movie is the movie that the action figure is based off of in that universe. And that's weird, <laughs> isn't it? Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's we pretty need meta. It. It's the only good way of telling a Lightyear story. I don't think they right. could have done like a spin-off, like Toy Story, because then you're just really beating the dead horse on that that's particular just character. Illumination. And you will have to get back, point. obviously, the original. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, you have to bring back the original voice actor and everything. Where yeah. with, with this one, they went, okay, cool. So let's let's not do a spin-off. Mm. Let's build on who Buzz Lightyear is and what he's based on and why he's like that. And it kind of makes yeah. sense. Like the actual character makes sense that that's the movie. Yeah. Uh, it would yeah. have been kind of funny uh, to have like a... Like, because obviously we're watching a movie of a movie. Imagine how meta we could get with that. <laughs> it gets crazy meta. Like, Toy Story has been able to be that franchise that you also grew up with. And I think that Lightyear here is skewing again for a bit of a, a younger audience. Because I think its central theme is like, uh, you got to work together, not alone. And that's kind of all it does, at least on the character basis for Buzz Lightyear. But it, it never goes beyond that. It just like repeats that over and over and over and over and over again. And it got like super repetitive that by the time this movie ended, I was like, oh, this movie ended and I forgot pretty much all that happened in it. I think it was it was so it, it, there was not a lot of character from that. Uh, it just had that like pretty interchangeable. Obviously, it had the, the, the Pixar look of how they did design um like the lighting and whatever is really high quality. What do you expect from uh, from Disney and Pixar? But I didn't connect with a single character. It was just it was really bland to me. Which is which is not so, like even something that I'm I'm not like over the moon for turning red or Luca or whatever. I at least connected with the characters a bit more. Here here I really got nothing. Did you get anything out of? I of think Lydia? it's because you met those characters from start to finish with those other films, especially. It's very jarring, and the easiest way to explain it is I think there's three different films that they're trying to go for in this. It's the original first, like, landing on that planet, like, oh, they're going to shoot back home, and then it's, nope, they're stranded. And it's like, mm. right, okay. So it's not like a... It, we're already in this world. We're already set yeah. up. There's no reestablishing Buzz Lightyear. You meant just kind of assume you know who he is, mm -hmm. and they're on this planet. Planet's attacked by vines. Okay, cool. This is going to be the film where they, it's a big opening and then it stops and it becomes this film about trying to get off this planet. So now it's mm -hmm. like a castaway. They're marooned on this planet. They want to get off. Marooned? Marooned. Yeah. They're stranded on the planet and they're yeah. trying to get off. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it turns into these two characters. No, it's not these two characters. This character is now going to age very rapidly as they try to get off the planet. 
and yeah. it becomes that. And that is the first 30 minutes to 45 minutes of this film, pretty much. Mm. And then all of a sudden, that character dies. Okay, so it's just Buzz. That's the only person we're attached to. And yeah. we meet this brand new set of characters, and it reestablishes this whole new set of characters mm. halfway through the film. Yeah. And that's quite jarring. The Baymax thing of like uh, i don't know if it's baymax but it's just like you know an onslaught uh, uh, just a a group of new characters that are basically mainly comedic relief and we didn't really get that i guess in the start because it could be a bit more of a serious film um of them being stranded uh like him going on his mission and then yeah losing um his his uh space exploration um partner um and yeah it was it was a bit it was that 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 could have been the core of the story and could have been really interesting but at least like then we got a couple different things uh and it, it just it becomes about time as well but it like time is always something that you can do a lot with in the impact of time and i think they just kind of breeze past that and it's more about his drive to like even even exploring that character a bit more of like why he really wants to save them and by the time we get that face off with the villain th there's not much there that makes me care of how like which way he swings um because i i don't think at the core of this like leading character that we followed for the whole time i didn't really get his motivation other than he's this stoic stoic hero character that wants to save everyone the nuance was a bit lacking I think, from, from his character. I don't want to burn this film for being bad because I think, unfortunately, it does st suffer from a terrible story and you can't really recover from that if that's the foundation of the film. But I have to say the animation is spectacular. Like, they just keep improving this freaking medium. I, I mean, it, it does look stunning. Yeah. I don't know if anything else to say. You don't like it? I don't know. Uh, I mean, to me, to me, it's like, obviously, they, they improve certain things to me the best looking pixar film of recent memory has been soul and nothing has topped that since that came out at least to me but this also looks looks great i think that toy story 4 looks better than this uh but i mean oh, it's wow. also sp space exploration so you can do you can do a mm. bunch of like galactic shots and whatever and what do you get in toy story 4 maybe a Man, sunset the, uh, from the like light speed the light, speed, the light stuff? speed scene was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of like visual stuff that, that works quite great. But I, I don't know. You were saying it. you didn't want to fault it too much for, I guess, the lacking um, story quality when it got like stunning visuals. I just also thought that that was a bit bit bland uh, i don't know it, it didn't evoke any emotion out of me obviously i can see that it's like that, that it looks expensive it's like an expensive car but i don't really care to look at that lambo of animation i just don't really care for it uh mm. so okay. yeah um but that's coming from the guy who who likes the rotoscope looked uh, look and even if something's more like 12 frames a second hand animated i, I like that like s subtle stuff but that's just uh, the art house snob in me so i uh, maybe that's my fault uh, but i think it uh mm. yeah i mean it looked great it looked great on my tv at home as well um you know uh even though it's not no apple tv it doesn't look that great but uh not a lot of people saw this in in, in theaters um so no, I don't know. I watched it on my iPhone. Yeah, I watched it on my my Mickey Mouse flip flip phone. Yeah, nice. You can't um not support the the big Mickey D. Is it Mickey D McDonald's in a, in America? Don't they call? Oh them yeah, Mickey it is D's? Mickey D's. Yeah, no, I totally. Any <laughs> other franchise? <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was uh, thinking about Mickey Disney, which is not his name. Ah. Uh, um, nope. No, but I look is we, not. You you uh were mentioning voice um casts and I guess uh voice actors uh before when we're talking about what we've been watching um when you were playing the Batman. I think this is an interesting discussion point uh for especially I guess animation in uh the US because what they tend to do is just grab uh on screen actors and 
um, make them voice actors. And not everyone is great at it, or even if they are great at it, there's professionals that do voice acting. So um, maybe you, you can't take away the marketing aspect of like saying, hey, it's Chris Evans who's in your movie. But hmm. do you think these these movies would also work better? This is not a critique for specifically Pixar, but just like an overall thing as well. Do you think it, w- it would work better if we gave more of those roles to uh, actors who are specifically voice actors? Yes and no, because I do think there are plenty of actors who are quite versatile and they can do both. Yes. They're like, you know what? Tom Hanks does a great job, even though he's definitely more of an actor than a voice actor, but he does an excellent job. Yeah. And I think that goes for a lot of people who are yeah. voice acting. Chris uh, the previous, uh, like, okay, um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, I was going to say DC Pet of uh, Heroes of Pets or whatever the fuck that movie is called. Yeah, it's probably Dwayne a terrible Johnson, example. Kevin Hart. Um, yeah. Because it's literally just actors using their voice and there yeah. is a whole side of it that they don't go into. Mm-hmm. You can have that. And there are definitely people who I think work. I think Kiki Palmer does do a great job. I, I think Agreed. out of all of the characters, Izzy was probably my favorite. Yes. But I don't enjoy Taika Waititi's side character at all. Yes. Like, yeah, I just agree. find it quite like he's just in there for the fact that, oh, it's Taika Waititi. That's quite funny. Mm. Let him say some funny lines or animate around it. Like that's all it is. Yeah. It's, it's just unfortunately not... A very, and the person who voiced uh, Socks, the cat, does a great job as well. Yeah. I think. I think it has that really good tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris Evans, in all honesty, does a great job as Buzz Lightyear. But I feel like there's a lot of side characters who were just big name actors yeah. thrown in there because they are big name actors. But yeah. for the most part, Chris Evans does, do a, does a great job as Buzz, mm. but I think the standout performance is Kiki Palmer. Agreed, yeah. I think that um, the voice actor you named for uh, Sox, uh, Peter Son, is also someone who's worked uh, with Pixar before, and he is, I think, mainly a voice actor. And uh, we also got uh, Josh Brolin as uh, Zerk, or I guess the, the older uh, Buzz. And uh, I think he also kind of works because he's just that the voice guy, and you can have that like voice cast presence of just being the deep voice guy. And he's the deep voice guy, mm. and he does that quite well. I mean, basically what he does in the Avengers films is that. I mean, it's a motion-captured performance, but uh, I guess it goes a bit more beyond that because it is captured, but still, it is playing with your voice a lot. So I think he has a lot of great experience with it. And I, th- I think he also works in it, although he doesn't, I guess, get to say much. He's not really a big part of the film. And uh, Kiki Palmer really works great. I think I think she's she's someone who's really versatile in doing a lot of things. I mean, uh, she she was definitely a standout and highlight in uh, in Nope as well. Mm. So I'm, I'm keen to see what, oh, what sure. she is in store she uh, next. So, you know, no, I've been saying a bunch of stuff that I, that I didn't like about this uh, this, this film. It didn't really strike mm. me as being super great. But uh, do you have a, a favorite moment? Um, something funny, something great. I have a great, couple, something, yeah. if, you're, if you're happy for me to go through a few. What care to share? There is the, I guess, the bung-up robot that follows through to the, like, just right to the end. The uh, one that got its arm ripped off, shot with paint, oh, spear yeah. to the head. Mm-hmm. Quite funny. I thought the spear to the head was going to make it come and be like a good robot, but uh, yeah. either way, it's it's quite a funny little side one. Um, for me, I think the funniest line in the entire film is when Socks shoots the, I think it's the security guard, literally looks and just goes, I bought you five minutes. Yeah. In the most, okay, this, this cat has done some really dodgy shit in the past but like the way that the line is delivered and what yeah. he does so surprisingly and just like i bought you five minutes it, yeah it, it was really well done and it made me audibly laugh um the second time around didn't didn't do it as no. much but yeah the first time was really well executed mm-hmm. yeah that's that's the eyes, i think man, the forest thing in Disney that you at least have to do something twice. Otherwise, maybe people... It's like Bo Burnham doing um, repeat stuff, repeat stuff, and that's for the Disney things. When they got a good thing, they kind of have to repeat it. Uh, but I, that first moment is really funny. Something like something that made me really laugh was when, um, when Buzz tries to explain uh, the 
like obviously the the to infinity and beyond thing was a bit like oh, okay that's a voice that's a thing that we know but when they used mm. it and it kind of doesn't land with her and he goes oh yeah it's 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 uh the finger thing is something uh your grandma and i used to do and they're all like oh yuck oh. gross <laughs> like in that sense the response that was kind of funny and then um i think like the whole side crew of people when they get introduced and like for the rest of the film i'm not really the biggest fan of them but that also that robot going like okay i can show you the way and then he just goes and you're like oh and then he just goes oh no that's wrong i found that funny that's as well wrong. yeah yeah light-hearted really fun moment um and then he never comes back. They literally leave the robot doing that for the interesting. Yes, film. yeah, uh, it's it's disappointing. He was really funny, hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, to me the worst moment Derek. was that was that uh, was that sandwich thing. That was just vile to have like Ugh. the meat outside. It was. Just I so tried sloppy. it. It's not. It's not. You good. tried it. <laughs> the commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, commitment. It it wasn't that good, and no. the stickiness is is the worst part about it. At least the bread keeps your fingers. Yes. Dry. Keeps you sane. Um, I tried different variations. I tried doing two layers of cheese on the outside. Cheese <laughs> also doesn't work. I did it with lettuce. That's like another way you can do like... That's uh, the Californian like way. Yeah, 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 exactly. Doesn't really work that well. The meat is, mm -hmm. is, is, is not the best thing to have on the outside. Yeah. Then it's not technically a sandwich because I think uh, I got into an argument, not with you, but someone else about the definition of a sandwich. Like, is it like a... Two pieces of bread. Or I've like, brought it up before What's the difference well. between a, a hot dog and yeah. a sandwich? Like, what's the... Okay, anyway, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want to turn this podcast into a sandwich. <laughs> it's going to be mean, a I fight. That would be a great podcast. That would be a great podcast. And it's just like each week um, you go over a new item. <laughs> it's just like the title of the yeah. thing is just like hot dog. A hot dog and then like hot different dog. styles and then you talk about that. Is it... <laughs> um, <laughs> it's called is it, is it a Sandwich? It's just a podcast. Someone should do that if that's not already the thing. That would mm. that would actually be a great bit. Excellent, great idea. Yeah, sorry, you were saying uh, yeah, something. Yeah, no. Uh, I guess bringing us to the end, it's kind of yeah. like the fucking reveal that Zerg is. Dun dun dun. Buzz. Yes. I am your father. I... Dad. Yes. That was funny. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that'd be funny. Not exactly what I was hoping for, but. Hey, there you go. I thought Zerg was going to be a lot cooler because I thought Zerg is low-key one of my, like, favorite Toy Story characters because mm -hmm. it's so, like, the whole, you killed my father. No, Buzz, I am your father. Yeah. No! Meme is, like, one of my favorite memes from Toy Story. Yeah. And I thought they would go into it. It's like, hey, look, you know, it could have been his dad that was like looking for him, but his dad's gone like crazy or something from like the Valian technology or whatever. But anyway, yeah. it was a weird uh, reveal slash twist, but you know, it was interesting. I I didn't totally hate the whole thing, but I you know yeah you know what no I I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't. What what is it better than the in, uh, interstellar twist of like everything in the universe is connected to love? Yes, it is worse than that. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, because it, I think it introduces a bunch of new concepts right at this, uh, like at the end, and it, uh, yeah. like, fortunately, doesn't go into like a big monologue explaining it all. It, 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 they do it briefly, but like they don't um, overly focus on it. But still, there's then mm. also they they don't do that. They they don't do the explanation, but they also don't really do the character stuff other than, well, he's just a bad guy because he's the bad guy. But it's not, like, about why Buzz became that way when he's older and he's, like, in a different timeline and he's still on that path of, like, it's only me. Uh, it, like, the, the whole plot line of... It should have been a bigger focus on I want to be alone because I'm the best and I just want to do it because... I want to do it. And it, like, it should have come from a place where he's this really selfish person that isn't self selfish by the end. Uh, you don't have to like be so uh, like overtly about that. Like if you wanted to, if that's like a concern that they, that they had, but, but the movie is so much about that. And then by the end, it doesn't feel like it's that much about it. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it still is, but to me, like between the two buzzes, there wasn't 
that connection there it was more tied to i guess the other people that he then sees that's why he like he doesn't want to get rid of them because they also have lives but that also didn't resonate with me i think it just like was really uh, underdeveloped and a bit of a lackluster finale and uh yeah i don't know M makes me makes me question if, if if pixar uh shouldn't do any uh prequels sequels sidequels requels of this stuff anymore like they're really good with original stuff. So why do you need to yeah. tag on to it? It's not like people won't go see new stuff. It's If it's the good dinosaur, mm -hmm. then people might be turned off. But Soul did well. Uh, Turning Red was a really critical darling and audiences really loved it as well. So, you know, maybe ease it on the uh, sequel stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, Lachlan, um, we only got one uh, upcoming Pixar film that's slated for June 16th, 2023, called uh, Elemental. And it's about uh, a bunch of, I guess, elements uh, in a city where fire, water, land, and ice uh, mm. and air residents live together. A young woman and a go-with-the-flow guy are about to discover something elemental, how much they actually have in common. So, uh, you know, Pixar really likes to, I guess, uh, take a thing... Uh, like souls, like the inside of someone's emotion, and then visualize them. And I think that's what they're really great at. They're also great with those smaller stories uh, like Ratatouille or Wally -E or Finding Dory that have a, a simple plot and are character-driven um, and not just like from the, the idea point of like, hey, that's cool to visualize that aspect. Seems like it's going more into that direction of visualizing the Cocos, the flow, uh, the, the Coco, the, the the soul like type of film that that's going to be. So that's promising. I think that could be quite fun. Um, yeah, Lachlan, do you think uh, Pixar is, is going to be on an upswing again? Uh, or are we not going to see them in hopefully, theaters as much? Hopefully they can do something original, yes. more original than just an inanimate objects with emotions because it's either yeah. that or a shitty spinoff or it's you know so i don't know they're not they're not the same company they used to be maybe it's just that i'm older and grumpier and hungover yeah it could be that yeah <sighs> <laughs> it could be that i mean it could always tie back to that i think that's also why i've like you grow out of phases like i was i was a bigger fan of the mcu and then i kind of uh, you know, you, you grow past it and you're like, okay, this is an end of an era. I'm more into this now. And that's totally fine. And I think that's always something that hopefully we do well in our discussions to like highlight. This is definitely like our point of view that doesn't invalidate someone who's like a big fan of something. Like, hopefully we don't take the joy out of anyone's, uh, experience with film because, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to be in the, in the way of, uh, yeah, someone getting into film at all. That's that's an off-topic conversation that I'm now <laughs> thinking about. But luckily, let's get to uh, our ratings for Lightyear. Give it a... Oh, God. People are going to hate me. People are really going to hate me. Um, Two. You gave it a two out of five. Um, Interesting. You're even lower than me on this one because I am at a um, 2.5 out of five stars for uh light here um i mean it definitely wouldn't have made it onto our pixar bracket <laughs> that we did recently for episode 100 right definitely yep, wouldn't have made the cut not. there uh but yeah go check that out if you haven't already really fun uh video there and uh, yeah that wraps it up for light here lachlan do you have a pick of the week we're doing space movies yes space movies uh so my suggestion is actually a really good one, funnily enough. Movies in space. Uh -huh. Buzz is in space. Yes. So my movies are going to be a space movie. Uh -huh. uh, in this movie, there's two Buzz Lightyears. In this yes. movie, there's two of the same, or well, two or, and more of the same character. Uh -huh. And also semi kind of stranded on a planet. Well, yes. not really a planet as much. Um, m my pick of the week is uh, Moon with Sam Rockwell. Right. Oh, great pick. Uh, another another visually stunning film. Uh, if you want to watch a fun little movie, it's only a short movie, about an hour and a half long, uh, and you like Sam Rockwell, uh, mm -hmm. then you should watch Moon. That's my pick of the week. Yes, and if you want to mortally question your existence, then go with my pick, going with the good old Kubrick classic 
2001 A Space Odyssey. I know a lot of people have probably, have probably already caught this one and watched it before. But if you haven't already, this is your wake up call. Catch up on that. It's a, a great film. Gets the recommendation from um, both of us. But uh, that wraps it up for this week's show. Uh, next week and the week after, we are off. Or I guess I'm, we're both off, but I'm off to a different place. And we'll be back on September 16th. Uh, and we'll talk about my experience at the Venice Film Festival. And then on uh, Monday, September 19th, We'll be back with uh, a yet-to-be-determined uh, film, but it will most likely uh, be The Woman King or Don't Worry Darling or some other film uh, that we deem uh, noteworthy uh, of that time. And then uh, we'll also do a bit on Andor once that releases uh, on September 23rd, if I'm correct. But uh, if you want to uh, be up to date with all the films over at Venice, like uh, What Noise, Tar, that will be uh, Don't Worry Darling, I'll have a review for that movie early. Uh, all of those films uh, that are premiering over at Venice, I'll try to catch and have a review out even before the festival is wrapped and even on TikTok. I plan, hopefully, I, I get to do that, uh, to do like a quick reaction uh, right after I see the film. So if you want my immediate thoughts and reviews on all of those fall film festival, uh, fall film festival films. <laughs> That's uh, so many F's in there. Uh, then, uh, yeah, go on and check out uh, the TikTok and my YouTube channel um, to be up to date with that. Uh, you can also follow Lachlan on his socials. Those are linked below. And a link tree for the Quiet On Set podcast will take you to all of those things that I just mentioned. Uh, we also got a Letterboxd HQ account. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube and watching on YouTube, uh, don't forget to uh, leave us a like and subscribe to the channel. Quiet On Set is powered by Cineman and hosted by myself, Jürgen Graf, and the very hungover Lachlan Teeley. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. We'll be back in September. Bye. Bye. Bye.